Welcome to the Forking Healthy podcast, a place where two sisters have cheeky chats about everything natural health and wellness. I'm your host, Jenny Soder. I am also your host, Cheryl Barecki. Together, we hope to inspire, entertain, and motivate you with our knowledge and decades of experience in the natural health and fitness industry. So if you're ready, let's get Forking Healthy. On episode 17 of the Forking Healthy podcast, Cheryl and I are talking all about evening snacking. You either love it or you may want to leave it. We talk about what reasons we snack at night, how snacking can impact your sleep, and what type of snacks are best to turn towards if you feel like you got the munchies. We also discuss how to mitigate nighttime snacking if that aligns with your goals. So if you're ready, let's get to it. It's March. We made it. It's episode 17. I know. It's crazy. When did that happen? I don't even know. I think that's like, yeah, at the end of March, we'll almost be like six months-ish. Yeah. I love March. I don't know. It's just like the days are getting longer. The vibe is different in my neighborhood. You know, the kids are out the like, it's just when there's light past 5 PM, it is just so joyous to me. Juicy. (laughs) The energy. Yeah. Only something that North Americans would understand. (laughs) Right. Today we're talking about snacking in the evenings. Yes. I, I have some fast forking five questions for you. I'm ready. What is your favorite unhealthy post-dinner snack? Okay, most people won't think this unhealthy, but the copious <laughs> amounts of butter that I put on the popcorn doesn't make it healthy. So popcorn <laughs> with so much real butter and nutritional yeast. And it like, does it get soggy? Oh that yeah, much? yeah. Oh yeah, sog, <laughs> sog. <laughs> what did you used to eat before bed as a kid? Oh, wow. Oh, um, it was something hidden behind the bar. I'm sure <laughs> you know, we had our snacks hidden behind the bar. I'm, uh, but probably, or in the freezer in the basement. And so maybe no name vanilla ice cream. Remember that was my favorite only vanilla, but then we would get so mad at mom. She'd buy that Neapolitan crap. And Ugh. then we would like, dad would like pick the the pink and you would strategically get the vanilla out of there and so it would be like this maze of different colors yeah gross what does your son typically eat before bed uh right now he's on an orange kick so like like so i have to buy those five pound bags of oranges (laughs) the mandarin oranges from costco and he will eat uh go through five pounds of oranges in two weeks (laughs) wow Good thing it's not carrots or else the kid would be like orange. (laughs) And, and if he hasn't had granola for breakfast, he likes to finish his day with granola. (laughs) How soon after dinner could you start eating again? (laughs) Minutes. (laughs) Stopwatch starts. (laughs) And what is one evening snack that on a date you would eat? that that a date would eat that would be considered a deal breaker for you oh god there's so many (laughs) (laughs) um I would say like something like um 
something like a conventional because like chocolate we are big family like dark chocolate is kind of a common eat like after dinner sort of nice little treat and so if somebody pulled out like a conventional chocolate bar I like a, that's you know, a deal breaker that's kind of a deal breaker if that was a regular thing that's a deal breaker yeah maybe that with like cheesies or some hickory sticks <laughs> <laughs> good one all right you ready Yes. Some overlap as always. Mm. Okay. Do you typically eat snacks in the evening? I do. And what is your biggest nighttime snack myth that drives you crazy? Um, oh my God. There are so many <laughs> myths about nighttime snacking. Um, I don't know. Why are you trying to stump me? This is just <laughs> FYI. I'm on day one of a fast. <laughs> not good. So you're not so fast fork and not so here. fast. <laughs> um, a myth that drives me crazy about nighttime snacking. I can't think of one. For me, it's that like you shouldn't do it. Like, how many times do I people say to me, "What time yeah. should I not eat?" Is yeah. it bad for, does it make me fat to eat at night? <laughs> yeah. Any kind of blanket statement yeah. is a myth that's trying to pertain to like everyone, I think it just in general. So totally. a lot of things apparently make me annoyed. <laughs> What's your favorite go-to evenings, healthy snack? Um, I'm like that charcuterie boardish kind of person Ooh. minus like the processed meat. So a little bit of like Those olives, <laughs> olive, <laughs> maybe some like cheese, just a tiny bit offset. It was like smoked oysters, Ooh, crackers, nice, my kind of thing. And what about what's your favorite go-to not so healthy evening snack? That would be chips. <laughs> and like when you have two bags of chips and you can't decide what flavors you mix them together in a bowl and you it's like a surprise chip Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> surprise chip what evening snack do you see clients grab the most um like sweets chocolate but not just like they're like oh it was dark but it's like dark like um cadbury or nestle yes. like <laughs> that kind of garbage yeah yeah and and so let's jump in like what are some of the reasons why you see people um nighttime snacking when you're addressing this with clients the first thing i see is that they're not fueling during the day i call it back ending their calories or their mm. nutrients so yeah. let's get super busy during the day forget the breakfast maybe a you know a few snacks here and there grab and goes and then they get home and it's like the show starts it's like shovel 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 till you can't stop oh i need some more yeah. and it just goes on and on and on same Such for you Yes. Binge cycle. And like, people don't make that connection is what I see. So people are like, they'll come to me and they'll be like, I emotional eat that I get it that a lot. Right. I am. I, I just binge eat. And then I'll be like, well, can, let's look at your full day. Right. Let, let's look at the whole grand scheme of things. And sure enough, they're skipping meals yeah. They're or if they're eating, they're eating not nutrient dense foods during the day. So 
of course their body is like so malnourished by the end of the day it's just like craving all the things and it's like give it to me right I also see people that just do it out of uh I call it like robot behavior right so like it's just become a habit it's become routine that they it's very similar to like eating dinner and then having something sweet after dinner like that is it that you're craving that or Mm -hmm. is it that that has just become a habit and and then you know how do you and then the the third thing that I see a lot is that people just need to go the fuck to bed like they're tired right so they they think they're hungry but actually what they are is they're tired Mm. yeah they're trying to get energy in there to stay awake uh, by eating and and one one thing that I also see is boredom people are unfulfilled they're not and they're they're not fulfilled in their life and therefore they're trying to fill up with actual substance and like food and instead of filling themselves up with other things that make them joyful Mm -hmm. yeah it's I see that as such a control piece too like because I can resonate with um with that and in some of my cycle and binge pieces uh, previously where that downtime at night, like you say, that boredom creeps in. It's like, um, you know, there's other things I can't control in my life and I don't want to address them. So, but one thing mm-hmm. I can control is what I put in my body. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to do that now. For and sure. it's un- unintentional. You maybe don't see those connections, um, but it's a huge uh, piece of the puzzle that needs to be addressed if they want to really mitigate that big rebellion piece there. It's like, yeah. well, I've been told what to do all day, perhaps at my job. And I have all this control or even for kids. It's like, well, I go to school, I sit down at this, and then they hide food in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do, let's move on to how, if we do snack at mm-hmm. night, how can that impact our sleep? Well, I see it like twofold. And I wanted to speak to the piece where I, I do see people that are malnourished, especially people that are, obviously I work with people that are quite active a lot of the time. And then they're, they're malnourished. They're not fed enough uh, or enough of the right things or enough of the right amounts. Um, and then they struggle to sleep because, you know, they maybe have a history of eating either low carb, really low carb or low calorie. And then their body really just struggles um in regards to that so like those active individuals I really work a lot on that timing obviously throughout the day but like that timing piece because they're they're not able to get really good um sleep quality um so to speak and we work on foods that will do things like boost uh, you know the serotonin and um you know it's uh, like we talked at the beginning there's no one size fits all approach because Mm -hmm. There are some people that I find that, uh, you know, depending on the times of day, they're really active. They're doing a high intensity workout first thing in the morning and nighttime, like a before bed snack can be a really beneficial piece with some of those like lower, but right foods, right? Lower sugar. Not, we're not talking about eating five dates before you go to bed. Right. We're talking like, you know, get some good fiber in there, get some good protein in there. Um, and then help your body just kind of get into that calm repair state. And I, but some people do better with like a good four, four hour window before bed of not eating, you know, where, Mm -hmm. Um, their body isn't doing that work at night to digest. I think really what um, 
happens is it depends on the individual. It depends on, you know, their lifestyle and it depends on like other factors um, of like, what is their sleep quality like now? What is it? And I'm sure you see a lot of that. Is it quality? Is it quantity? Are they struggling with going to sleep? Are they struggling with waking up? What time yeah. are they waking up? Like there's so many factors. Yeah, for sure. What, what do you see? I, you know, this, for me, I see a lot of people with digestive issues because when I'm working with imbalances, usually most imbalances are rooted somewhere within that digestive or intestinal system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, snacking can impact your sleep. You know, I want to put something to, you know, what you were saying, obviously everyone is an individual and it'll impact them differently. But I do find, you know, for myself, sometimes if I don't eat, close enough to bed or the right things that our blood sugar levels drop down and that can mm. impact our sleep. So that blood sugar irregularity piece, um, you know, sleep is the time to rest, not necessarily digest. And so if we need to repair and heal, especially if you're going to be working out, then you want your body to be focusing on what it is uh, what it needs to do during that rest period. It is now we are resting. However, our body is like lighting up and firing up and uh, getting the job done. And so anything that's going to impact that um, can leave you feeling groggy when you wake up in the morning or nauseous, uh, not hungry at all. So it really needs to be about you specifically, but there are some guidelines, right, um, that everyone can follow and test out on themselves to see what works best. Yes. Yeah. That's so critical. I find that uh, biofeedback piece, as I say to my clients, like, what does your body you know, take some trial and error? What are some of your um, favorite nighttime snacks then? Um, I like easy to digest because I work mostly with people with digestive issues and for myself as well. And so I like, um, my, one of my favorites is either pineapple or watermelon because fruit digests within like an hour, two hours. And so then the rest of the time, your body can be spent uh, rejuvenating or repairing. And I put sea salt on there for some good minerals, which also helps deepen that sleep nice. and lime juice, which helps to cleanse the body. And just that mixture of sweet, salty, um, really cuts cravings for people as well. Mm -hmm. So after dinner, sometimes I tell them have this because you're not going to crave later on, you know, as that, um, as that night goes by, because, uh, you're, you're fully satisfied with those flavors. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just cook and eat really bland and shitty and gross foods. They think yeah. healthy food, it doesn't have any flavor. And then if you don't have that flavor, then your taste buds may be craving other things at night. And that's why you're, you're, you're going to more food. Oh, I need something sweet after that's a common thing, right? You're not yeah. either balanced in your macronutrients or your, you just have like bland food. And so you need like a flavor kick in the mouth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What about I you? Like, I um, and then the, maybe this is a personal thing, but like, I like warm and comforting, especially at this time of year at that time in the yeah. evening. And I find for a lot of people, like when we go back to the boredom piece, because I've struggled a lot with that sort of binge eating, especially at night, 
Um, and that being more of like a habit thing, having something in my hands is really a, a, a mode to sort of distract me from that like pattern and habit piece where I'm not actually craving, I'm not actually hungry. I don't actually need the food there. So I, but I, you know, my sleep does benefit from a little bit uh, of something and my body enjoys that comfort piece. So something like a bone broth um, I like, or a, uh, like a golden latte. So um, I like this sort of turmeric, cinnamon, ginger sort of piece because it's, um, can help me, you know, with my repair and my digestive pieces. And I like to have it with like a little bit of um, oat milk where I can get some of that car carbohydrates that if I'm active early in the morning, then that's, I'm gonna, I can use some of that. I'm not going into this catabolic state first thing in the morning where I, you know, suddenly haven't eaten for a really long period of time. So it's really a comfort piece for me, but also gives me a little bit of that energy piece. Um, so I like the warm beverage piece that has some calories to it. So you need to summarize that you need something in your hands. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't have kicked the guy out for the, <laughs> the conventional chocolate bar. And you need to put the Organifi gold on your, on your birthday. List. I know it's like I the, know. The, <laughs> the ultimate rest and relaxation beverage. Yes. Yeah. For sure. So what are some ways that you uh, guide your clients to mitigate nighttime snacking? I'd, I also love that word that you used mitigate in the show notes before this. I was like, wow, she was having an on day there. <laughs> and here's the twofold of this piece, right? We don't always have to mitigate nighttime snacking because that's why I asked you about the mist because I want people to understand that I think that's a misnomer out there that we shouldn't be eating after dinner. It's not a one size fits all approach. So it really depends. There are some people that it has become a chronic overeating um, habitual or emotional piece. Yes, then we need to address that piece first. But for many people, having a snack and having a planned snack and having that structure and routine and maybe tracking a snack ahead of time. So having what what I find people really struggle with is that they um, are just having um, you know, just a spontaneous go-tos versus mm -hmm. planning ahead. What are some things that you can have that are really nourishing in your house that you can really think ahead of time and be preventative and say like, okay, I am going to have some berries and coconut whip, you know, at night or coconut yogurt. So it's like, you know, that's satisfying and that will, you know, be a really nice, uh, you know, piece of uh, nutrient, like high nutrient before I go to bed. So structure, routine, tracking, those things are all obviously really important for me and helping clients and um and having those things on hand that you will be your go-tos and then I'm um for often there's not a magic pill for people I'll say it's all about breaking that cycle if it is a is a habit that you don't that isn't uh helping you achieve your goals and you want to break that cycle you just need time and discipline so people will yeah. often say like how do I do that? What's the magic pill for me to stop nighttime snacking with my husband and breaking open the chips? Well, A, yeah, you can change your environment and get the chips out of the house and you can track a snack ahead of time. But at the end of the day, if you want to get rid of that snack, um, you probably just need to push through some really uncomfortable days to break that neurological pathway and habit that you have. Mm -hmm. My advice usually at the end of the day is to go to fuck to bed. 
Mm. <laughs> because often it's like 9 p.m. and people are like, mm, I'm getting snacky. It's like, yeah, are you yeah. or should you be going to bed? Yeah. And I mean, I see on one of my intake forms, it says, what time do you go to bed or what time does your energy die down? And their energy dies down around nine. I'm like, go to bed. Yeah. And that's me. <laughs> I, my, my hunger cues, hunger. I don't know if it's true. Hunger is nine Oh one. And it's like, like literally to the T every day. It's like nine o'clock. Okay. I it's, that's my cue. I'm not hungry. I need to wind down. I need to close things off. I need to do a little stretch. I need to do some prep for the night before, and I need to get to bed. And then, yeah. Oh, look, lo and behold, that hunger ain't actually there. Is it true hunger? Yeah. No. What yeah. about you? What sort of th ways do you mitigate nighttime snacking for your clients? Uh, you well, number one, making sure that you're eating regular. you know, I do a checklist. Are you eating at regular intervals during the day? One. Are you staying active and keeping your mind busy or are you mindlessly watching TV and just want to shove things in your pie hole, right? It's like, Those oh, well, mindless, yeah. mindless, Kate, let's have our hands doing something. Put your hands somewhere else. Put them on someone. Seriously. Um, create healthy evening habits and a routine. So maybe you just need an evening routine. Maybe you need other things to do rather than yeah. eat, right? And a lot of people, are afraid to get up to pee in the night. So they stop drinking hours and hours before bed, which I don't even know how that works. But if you don't, you'll, you can train your bladder to hold, okay? We're not like pea-sized bladders here. You can hold them. And so you don't need to stop drinking. Sometimes you're just dehydrated and you're not actually hungry. And so making sure, are you hydrated? Are you eating regular throughout the day? Are you, do you have a bedtime routine that is conducive to health, healthy habits, right? Mm -hmm. um, moving towards things that are um, going to help your health. And um, are you really hungry? Right? Those types of things. Or just tired. Or just tired. <laughs> awesome. Good okay. snacking chat. Thanks for tuning yeah. in, everyone. Thank you. Ciao for now. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Forking Healthy podcast. If you want to stay up to date on future podcasts, make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. In order for us to get into more ear holes, we would love for you to take a moment to share this episode or leave us a review. That's it for now. Fork and rights. <laughs>